you know, don't be afraid to to just take a chance and, and go in and fail forward. Um, if you're going into something and you just hitting it on the money every single time, that's probably not a good thing. You're probably not challenging yourself enough. So you, you need to be looking forward to failures. That's crazy and the counterintuitive as that sounds. You need to be looking for where you can fail and poke holes in your own plan. So really excited for this week's episode on entrepreneurial impact. This week, I'm your co-host, Joe Martin, with uh, Dave Donaldson. But we've got the, the ability and pleasure today to feature Richie Zapata, one of our real estate agents down over in the Virginia Beach area. Uh, really excited for his journey and what he's going to share with as far as influential and inspiring for people, but also some of the nitty gritty and some of the uh, little tidbits he's going to be able to share with us on what like caused the success, but also why entrepreneurialism is so important to him and those around him. So uh, Richie, can you just introduce yourself a little bit and just like kick off and like, what's been your journey, man? Yeah, Dave, Joe, thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor and privilege. Um, no, this, I'm excited. So the journey, man, it's all about the journey. Um, so where do I start? Uh, born and raised while well, 39 years young, uh, born and raised in New York City. I'm of Puerto Rican descent, mom and dad. Puerto Rican, um, born and raised in the concrete jungle uh, and housing projects in New York City. Very humble beginnings, you know, one of seven kids, um, you know, uh, went to public school, had a great time, you know, played sports, pretty, pretty normal childhood. Um, you know, had some had some challenges growing up in a, in a pretty rough environment, but, you know, it gave me the resilience I needed today to, to get through, you know, small obstacles in life as, I, as they hit me. Um, but yeah, so went to school, went to college first in my family to, to graduate college and then decided, uh, I had the opportunity to attend grad school and study sport management. At one point I wanted to be Jerry Maguire. I was so into sports and I wanted to be like a sports agent. I was a washed up athlete and I was like, you know what? I want to be an agent. So, uh, they, uh, my guidance counselor at the time was like, Hey, uh, you know, the state university of New York at Cortland is starting a sport management program. You should take your uh, GRE and, and go shoot, you know, go for it. So I did, and first of my family to get accepted to grad school, went to grad school, got my act together, you know, did pretty decent in grad school. And then, um, so six years of school, undergrad and grad, and then I decided I wanted to get out there and, and test my skills in the workforce. And uh, so I just did what anybody else would do. I, I moved to Florida <laughs> on a whim. I just went to Florida. I got a sales job. I wanted to just get my feet wet and get in there and, and, and see what, what I'm made of basically. And so, uh, I, Kalei Okina, a good friend of mine, he was on your podcast. He always laughed at me. He's like, you sold cheesesteaks door to door. I was, I was not selling cheesesteaks. I did sell door to door and business to business for a company down in South Florida. Um, and that really taught me a lot about myself and uh, just about sales and human interactions and communication in general. But, uh, this is around the time that the market, um, was crashing. And so about 07, 08, uh, you know, I lost that job. Actually, I got burnt out on a sales job, to be quite honest. I was working 80 hours a week. I was, I was you know, just driving myself nuts. Uh, then I got another job with a merchant services company, business to business, got laid off from that job. And then I wound up just busting tables at the local restaurant with a master's degree at 23 years old, uh, you know, in South Beach, just busting tables to make, make ends meet. Um, at that point, I hit rock bottom. My life became like a country song. I, um, <laughs> I lost my car. My car got repossessed, lost my apartment, lost my girlfriend. Um, and what else? Uh, 
yeah, all I had was this was this job, busing tables, taking the bus back and forth. I'm from my apartment in South Beach, and I didn't have a place to stay. Honestly, I was I was basically like homeless, but not really, because my younger brother lived out there with me. So I slept on his couch for a couple months, and I just I lived with my brother on his couch in a studio apartment for like six months while I was just busing tables, figuring out what I'm going to do with my life after I spent six years, you know, getting a graduate degree. And uh, so. Um, yeah, I joined the Navy. I decided, you know what, I want to hit the reset button. So I joined the Navy. Uh, I, I reached out to the Navy recruiter. He came over, gave me, gave me my little test. And um, I, about three weeks later, I was in boot camp. And that was 2009. I joined, um, did four deployments. You know, uh, I was in an expeditionary small unit, small tight unit, about 50 guys to a detachment uh, called the Riverines. We were, we were together doing deployments, South America, Central America, Middle East. And then, um, at the 10 year mark, I decided to get out. I wanted to, you know, try my hand at, at, um, being on, an entrepreneur and really reaching my potential. And, um, that's when I got into real estate, got my license in 2018, started my team in 2020. And, you know, here we are two years later and it's been an incredible journey. I'm super grateful. Well, I mean, at least you're on South Beach living on a couch. I mean, there's yeah, yeah, I know. Kansas somewhere and had and really had horrible scenery. Yeah. Uh, if, question, so question for you. Um, obviously reset button military did a deployment and thank you for your service. I think that, that that's an amazing, you know, dynamic as well as just learning experience. Um, why real estate? So you get out of the military after almost 10 years and you're like, I could do pretty much anything. You've got some, you know, some VA benefits and things like that. And, you know, reaccommodating your life. Why real estate? Was there like any type of funny story on how you fell into real estate or why you picked real estate? So I've always been intrigued by real estate. So growing up, buying a house wasn't even like a thought. I mean, I grew up in public housing on welfare, food stamps, like in, in New York city in the, in the projects, you, you know, buying a house and, and a mortgage, that's not even a conversation. Uh, not that it's not attainable, but it was like a far-fetched dream. My father always instilled in us, um, you know, he was like, Hey, one day I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to buy you guys a house. He, he like, he almost like brainwashed us into thinking that one day we're going to have this awesome house in Florida. And I guess now that I think about it, deep in the back of my mind, it kind of held tight to my, to my, um, to my, to me as a person. So he's like, yeah, one day we're going to have a house and yeah, dad. Yeah. It sounds good. Cause you know, we were kind of in a small tight apartment and it, it was just, it allowed me to cast that vision and see it. Um, and, and, you know, eventually when I, when I was uh, probably halfway through my military career, I was able to get the, I was, I was qualified for the VA loan as an E5 in the Navy. And I, I bought my first house. It was a condo. And that in itself is a huge accomplishment. I mean, a huge life accomplishment. I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm an own, a homeowner. It's a small condo in Virginia, Virginia Beach Town Center. I still own it. It's an investment property. And uh, I was just so amazed at what's possible if you just, you know, just do it, you know? And, and so after I bought the house in 2013, um, you know, I started thinking about, man, I know I can, I want to learn more about real estate. I really want to invest. I really want to take this to the next level. That was way easier than I thought. I know I can do it again. And so when 2018 rolled around, I knew I had one year left in my contract. So I said, you know what, um, let me, let me go ahead and, and take the test and, and get my real estate license so I can learn from the inside how I can become an investor and learn all the ins and outs of real estate as a licensed professional and then go become an investor and, and do what I was destined to do, which is be great and impact lives and, and reach my full potential. Cause in the military, I didn't feel like, uh, although I'm grateful for my time in the military and for, for service and I miss the people, 
um, you know, you're kind of capped at what you you're, you're capped at what you're able to do. You might make rank, you might do great things and get awards and just down a third, but like potential wise as a person, um, you don't quite always get a chance to display that potential or reach that potential. So um, that's when I took the chance. Um, and 2018, actually one of the people who inspired me, Clay Okina was on your podcast, a good friend of mine. He was the first one I saw transition uh on social media from being an active duty military member to a real estate agent full time. And that really inspired me to, to like look into it and be like, wow, he can do it. I know I can do it. I'm kind of in that phase right now. So um, that's what I decided to do. Just, you know, get out of the military and take a chance on myself. It's really amazing. uh, And you hear your story and your, your mindset, right? The military, what is able to do for so many from a structure and a drive? And then now you're saying like when your good friends had done that same thing, you didn't think twice, you're like, yes, that's what I'm going to do, right? You Absolutely. You respected doing yourself that this was attainable. You'd already started to do it a little bit, but by investing for yourself, here's a career for you. Now, that was not that long ago. So how... Did you do it so rapidly? What was that where you just kind of hit the ground and running? Yeah, so I, I I do have a sales background. I understand psychology and communication and how to persuade people. I you know uh, selling selling coupons door to door is not easy, and after a couple thousand doors, you get pretty decent at it. So you get to understand mannerisms and and what people like and tone and and all that good stuff. So I, I knew I could. I knew I could be in sales. It was just a matter of, okay, could I do it at this level? And then eventually, could I scale it? So before I even became a solo agent, I knew that I wanted to grow a team. I just didn't know what that looked like. So um, I started, you know, with the basics, just, man, the first couple of things I did, I mean, the first two years in real estate, probably the first year, I read over 30 or 40 books, listened to hundreds of hours of podcasts. Uh, and just like networked and talked to so many people. Um, I'm an analytical, even though I am a DI, <laughs> I do have that analytical side of me where I need to know the specifics of how to do things. I, I need to know the SOPs, the, the standard operating procedures, as we say in the military, on how to get the best results. So I picked as many people's brains as possible. I bought a ton of lunches and breakfasts and coffees and read a bunch of books and podcasts. And um, I just applied it, I applied it, you know, one at a time slowly and it built up. And so my first year as a solo agent, I, I did, uh, well, my first six months of real estate, I did about four deals. I'm like, okay, I can get the hang of this. I can do this. And then when I got out full time, started doing real estate and got out of the military, I had some money in reserves, and, you know, in savings, probably at 15, 20,000, but I still had a bunch of debt. I still had a mortgage um, and I still had responsibilities. So I had to make it happen fast. And I just really stuck with my sphere of influence. And I did about 22 deals my first year as a solo agent. Um, and that's when I realized, okay, um, the next step is coming soon. And that was in 2019 when I did that. And then, of course, 2020 hit, and we all know what happened in 2020. Um, so that's when things really skyrocketed for uh, for my business. A question for you. I think this is really like the crux of why Dave and I wanted to start this podcast is really like the stories are great because like there's so many stories of like you know you were in poverty and you're like I was in welfare and public housing and now I own a house and real estate team and all these different investment properties and like inspiring people to realize that like there are stories that you can align with and people have done it before you 
My question to you is, as you've looked at your peaks, valleys, and peaks again, and the impact of people around you, when you look at entrepreneurialism, like you could have stayed in the Navy and done however many more years and retired at that whatever rank you wanted to get to. You could have gone corporate or you could have gone into a contracting job based on your clearances. And it's really like getting a job. So why, when you look at the past couple five years, right? And you went entrepreneurialism, right? You went and said, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to build something and truly be a business owner. What impact do you think entrepreneurialism has had on you? And then what impact have you had on people around you because of what you created and bet on yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. So entrepreneurialism uh, has had a huge impact on me in my life and what I think and what I even thought was possible. Um, so, I mean, I, I've always had it in me. I've always been really intrigued by by people who work for themselves and build businesses and whatnot. So I knew at some point I was going to uh, take a shot. But while I was in the military, there, I just couldn't shake this feeling that I wasn't quite reaching my potential. I knew that I had more in me, although I thrived and I was getting promoted and doing great things. I still had like this itch to do more. Uh, and, and I knew that I had the capability to do more because, you know, I, I got a taste of it before the military. I had a life before the military. So um, when I was doing sales and I was doing well, I was like, wow, there's no ceiling to this. I can actually like level up and grow and, and impact more people. So um that part of me, I talk about this with some of my, my teammates who are veterans, um, that part of me, of my brain was dormant. While, while you're in the military, you know, you're, you're focused on the mission, you're focused on doing the right thing, taking care of business, but there's parts of your brain, parts of your personality, you just don't have to turn on. Like being an entrepreneur, is just not something, it's not part of being in the military. So um, having that individual you know, mindset and like being able to think for yourself. Unfortunately, a lot of times in military, you don't have to think for yourself. They do the thinking for you. You just have to execute. And so um, awake that awakening of that part of my mind and my, my personality and my, and, and just me as a person, wake that awakening allowed me to really realize, Oh, wow, I could actually take this further than I even thought. And then when I started to see the residual impact of the people around me, as I started building my team, uh, that just did it for me. I was like, this is my calling. This is what I want to do. And by this, I mean, change lives, impact people, change, you know, uh, like create legacy, change the trajectory of somebody else's life. There's nothing that makes me happier. So, um, that's that's what it's done for me. It's it's everything. Now I'll never look back. You're right. I could have gotten a contracting job. I had a great clearance. Um, I was basically offered jobs right when I got out. And so, but I just I could not go forward. And and I didn't want to live with regret thinking, man, what if I would have gave it gave it a shot? What if I would have really took that serious, taken that serious, um, and and built that business? I, I can't live with the what if. So I gave it a shot. In my mind, I knew I wasn't going to fail because failure was not an option, but I, I gave it my best shot and, and it worked out. And now I'm able to actually do more with it. And I'm just going to keep going. I'm not going to look back. And I'm actually working on taking people who are transitioning from the military, um, whether they're going to intern with us or transition into the business any other way. I want them to experience the same thing, that awakening, that that journey of like, hey, I can do more. I'm capable of doing more. You don't have to just shoot and settle for um, you know, retirement, a pension, although that's wonderful. That's great. That's a very, very, uh, you know, that's an awesome goal to have. However, if you know, you can do more and you're capable of more, give it a shot. You owe it to yourself. 
Um, so that's that's kind of what what I'm focusing on. Just to wrap that with a bow, I know Dave's got a, a question here. Um, what I'm hearing you say is that entrepreneurialism allowed you to become, or at least open the opportunity for you to be the best version of yourself. Like you still had to try and do all the work, but if you had stayed in a structured world, you wouldn't have been able to ex expose yourself to all those different things. Um, that being a business owner, all the things that you don't realize that you need to be exposed to are the things you haven't actually learned uh, yeah. comes pretty quickly. And then I also heard the aspect that be because it challenges you in ways that you never thought you would actually have to, it causes you to grow. And that growth has actually changed your way of thinking around how do I pass this on to somebody else and how do I actually impact their lives? And had it not been for the entrepreneurial opportunity, you know, you might not be who you are today. And those, those, those experiences might not be had. Absolutely. That's, the more being a leader and, 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 you know, leading people and having a vision, casting a vision and working every day towards that vision, having other people uh, who are, who are bought in and following you is a very humble experience, as you guys know, as leaders in our region. Um, and it just really shifts your mind and makes you realize like, okay, I really have to be the leader that I, they need me to be. And so um, I take that very serious because you know, they have families. I mean, our lead agent, Megan, who's been with me since day one, when we first started the team, she's pregnant. She's given birth in September. And we just had this conversation today. We, we had a one-on-one -on -one today on the phone. And I was like, how are you feeling? And she was like, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling really great about uh, maternity leave and, and you, everyone on the team having my back. And that was just such a good feeling to have knowing that, you know, our, our lead agent, our top agent is about to go on two months of maternity leave and we all have her back. We're all on the same page. Her, her business will continue to grow and she'll be able to experience this incredible life, you know, life experience of having a child, her and her husband. So, um, yeah, it's just incredible. There's nothing like it. Another conversation I had with Zach, who's our recently transitioning uh, teammate from being an intern six months to now full-time real estate. He was, he's a retired chief petty officer, 20 years in the Navy. And, you know, he interned up for us for six months. His last day in the Navy is Thursday. And I had my one-on-one -on -one with him today. And I said, Hey man, so how are you feeling? He said, dude, I've never felt so good. He said something really, really powerful. He said, um, I hope he doesn't mind. I shared this, but he said, um, I've been fishing more times in the last 30 days with my kids. He has four sons, mind you. I've been fishing in the last 30 days more times with my kids than I have in the last five years. And he said, man, I've spent so much time with my wife and kids and I'm just loving this and just the freedom and knowing that there's no ceiling to what we do and that we're learning and growing every day. Um, he's so invigorated and that just, that just does so much for me as a leader. It just motivates me to, to pr provide more opportunity for them to, to uh, you know, live the life that they deserve. You know, I love that. Why for you? Right. And where that's coming from. And you just lit up talking about your associates that work with you. Right. For them, right. it's not a job. Right. They're involved with you and you're emotionally connected to them. And that's not an easy thing. I mean, inertly, I think people have that. Right. Some people have it. But it's that's a lot of responsibility and it's not easy for everybody. So. Your comfort level is amazing. But I also know that I watch you talk about investing. So you're not just about helping them build their profession. You're working with them and building, investing in other avenues. So how's that going? 
Yeah. So investing is my true love. And I say this humbly, but I kind of stumbled upon the sales aspect of it, the retail side, which we've thrived in as a team and, you know, and we continue to thrive in the sales side, but investing is really why I got into this business. It's always intrigued me. I knew that true wealth is built um, through investing. So after, uh, you know, I, I, so I bought my condo in 2013, I bought a house in 2019 and, um, you know, I, I kind of took a chance and I did my first burr burrs, like, you know, the, the, the method of, uh, buy rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. It's a long-term hold play, pull out money with a refinance, and then you continue to do it over and over and over again. It's a strategy that I learned from David Green on bigger pockets podcast. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting David Green, awesome guy. But uh, when I when I did my first burr, it, it was like, wow, I followed every step, just like I studied and listened, I executed, I didn't hesitate, I stopped overthinking it, and it worked out exactly the way I needed to work out. Is it always going to work out that way? No. But showing and proving to myself it, it can be done just opened up the floodgates to the possibilities, you know, in my mind. So um, yeah, I have, I don't have a huge portfolio at the moment, but I, I feel super confident about what's to come in the future. So I have a, a short-term rental or a house that I turned into a short-term rental. That's going really well. I'm turning one of my other properties into a short-term rental. I have a long-term rental condo. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, we're just going to keep buying homes. I'm learning more about tax strategies to save money with cost segregation studies. I got my first two cost seg studies this year uh, done recently, two weeks ago. So that's been an eye-opening experience. So investing is just like a whole world that I'm so excited about. Um, I couldn't even like, I don't even know where to start. Like our team is heading towards creating an investing division. That's what we're focusing on right now, especially with the shift. And it's perfect timing in my opinion, because as we go through the shift or market change or recession or whatever you want to call it, um, I didn't want to be, you know, kind of, I didn't want us to be in the corner holding our purse, kind of bracing for shock and, and cutting expenses, although that's very important. I didn't want to kind of take a defensive posture. I wanted to go on the offensive. So I don't know who it was, but, you know, the best defense is an offense. Offense, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know who said that, but it was just like, I, as soon as I started hearing people talk about this shift in the market and in, in kind of like a really hesitant, scared way, I was like, you know what? Let's go find a new way and a better way to do business and provide for our family. So now we're building out off-market investor division where we're going to really go after and be aggressively going after off-market deals and knowing what to do with them, whether it's wholesale, wholesale, flip, or buy and hold. And so now we're focusing on that part. So um, the agents on our team are very excited about that. I mean, I think you get first mover advantage, right? Like the thing you're talking about is if you're always on defense, you're kind of reaction, reactive, right? And the whole idea in business is you want to be proactive, that if you're making moves first, you can't be taken off, you know, hit by blindside with it. And I think that's the part around figuring out where the opportunity is. And if you're looking about the cycle ahead or the next quarter ahead or next six months ahead, if you get first mover advantage, like you're going to stake the ground first, you're going to get the first deals that come up, which I think is brilliant. So as we're kind of wrapping up here, uh, Richie, your, your story is amazing. There's inspirations all around that people can align with from where you came from, the military, your thought process, your leadership growth, who you've become. I got to to wrap this thing up. What are three things that somebody that's new to the business or something or somebody that hasn't diversified their their business verticals like you have, what are the three recommendations you would give them for success when running a business? Um, so you have to be learning based 
Um, I know that not everyone has uh, an obsessive personality like some of us where I could just listen to YouTube videos in the shower and, and walk around and listen to audiobooks for hours. I get that part. But being learning based has to just be a part of your life. I mean, I don't even watch sports anymore. I don't know if that's good or bad, but like I just I, I do my daily activities. I listen to my podcasts, my books. I'm with my team. And most importantly, I'm with my daughter. And when when those priorities come into play, all the other stuff doesn't matter. So I would say be learning based, um, listen to as many books or, or read as many books, listen to as many podcasts as possible um, and network as much as possible. Um, also, you know, don't be afraid to, to just take a chance and, and go in and fail forward. Um, if you're going into something and you just hitting it on the money every single time, that's probably not a good thing. You're probably not challenging yourself enough. So you, you need to be looking forward to failures. That's crazy. And, counterintuitive as that sounds you need to be looking for where you can fail and poke holes in your own plan so um and then last but not least uh it's simple believe in yourself (laughs) you know like no matter where you come from no matter what your background is or advantage or disadvantage you think you have it's just that like it's all in your head so um if anybody you know if the people around you can do it you can absolutely do it so it just really comes down to belief in yourself um, and, and, and actually I would say I would throw in a fourth one. Cause I was thinking about this today. Um, if you've mastered a skill or you know, something that other people don't know, make it a point to pour into them and teach them and give, 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 give without expecting anything return. And the world just works in a way where you'll get it. You'll get it back in other ways. And that in itself is going to be so powerful that, you know, it's going to come back to you in other ways. That's great. I mean, those are four different things right there that like you're hitting on. Go learn and pour into yourself, right? Challenge yourself, right? And then from there, it's betting on yourself to go take the chance and like that whole thing. And then finally, if you can like learn, take a risk, bet on yourself. And then the final part is like pour that on to somebody else because it's going to give them the confidence. I think those are amazing things that a lot of people never experience because when you're in an entrepreneurial environment, you've got safety nets and you've got someone telling you what to do. And there's all these structures, but because you took a risk and you went into something that can actually cause change. You know, I've been a firm believer in why we founded this podcast was that entrepreneurialism is actually the bedrock of change. That the first person to know that something is messed up is the person on the ground saying we need this thing fixed and big companies can never move quickly to actually service the needs of something on the ground. And I think having impact within people about what you just talked about is really what causes people's internal personal and professional growth so richie a great way to end this episode like thank you so much for the time today i really been a pleasure and you know for everybody that's tuned in entrepreneurial impact between myself joe martin and our co-host dave donaldson and our special guest richie zapata out of the uh, virginia beach like chesapeake area like we thank you for coming in and uh We'll have a new episode next week with another amazing guest. And Richie, once again, thanks for the time today, buddy. You were dropping some dimes. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time.